This is Author Talk, presented by Author House, the leading provider of services to help authors publish, promote, and sell their books around the world. Author Talk is a show about new books and the authors who wrote them. It's an opportunity for prospective readers to hear directly from the writers, to hear what inspired them to write and publish, and to hear all the inside details about their books. Here is Author Talk with host Steve Jorgensen. Greetings for Author Talk. This is J. Douglas Barker. Our book today is titled The God-Human Level Hypothesis. And joining me from the country of Gabon on the continent of Africa, our guest, Sebastian Yeri. Am I pronouncing your name correctly, sir? Yes, very well. Thank you very much. Thank you, sir. Uh, thank you for joining me today. This is a... Um, looks like a very complex study. You only have 111 11 pages, so you get to the subject material and get to the topic. Uh, I will ask on behalf of my listeners, are you a minister by trade, or what is your occupation? Uh, my occupation today is uh, electrical engineering. I'm a chartered electrical engineer. Uh, I, I have been practicing electrical engineering for about 22 years now. How did you get relig- religiously interested? I guess would be the uh, the next question. This book appears to be a treatise on faith, the God-human level hypothesis. I am a Christian today, and um, I think uh, my background in um, in Africa. I am originally from Nigeria. The background is a very religious background. And uh, that would be some African religious uh, background. And uh, I think uh, by the age of uh, 13, 12, 13, uh, I got to meet people who were discussing Jesus Christ and God in a very serious, serious manner. And uh, I got to understand uh, the, the, the Bible more. And uh, probably because I asked a lot of questions in my mind, uh, I think uh, by the time I was uh, 15, I had read the Bible from cover to cover. Because uh, as young as I was then, uh, I think I had a lot of questions in my mind, mainly because of the of the African traditional religion uh, background with which I grew up. What is the African tradition uh, in comparison to the other parts of the world? You also live in Great Britain, so you have two cultures that you have observational uh, experience from. Yeah, by when I talk about African uh, religious background, um, it's uh, what what uh, the Western world would call uh, magic or voodoo. Uh, uh, to me. Uh, when you grow up and you see some of these things, uh, especially when eventually you become uh, scientifically biased and you become an engineer, uh, there are a lot of things you want to explain, which cannot just be explained. For example, you, you grow up, you see what we call rain makers. Somebody wants the rain to fall and he goes outside and he mutters some 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 words and he invokes the rain and you want to see the rainfall just when he wants it and when he wants the rain to stop he goes into that rain and the rain stops hmm. you see a lot of you see a lot of other things like uh, mirrors 
somebody wants to see somebody who is far, far, some distance away, and he invokes some things, and then you actually see this picture, the picture of whoever that person is on the mirror. I had a classmate, uh, no, not necessarily a classmate, a, 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 a friend, a childhood friend, a lady, who could uh, cover cover her hair with uh, with a, a particular scarf, and uh, she will see anything she wants to see, anything she wants to see. So you grow up in this kind of uh, in this kind of background, and then uh, you with a lot of questions in your mind, and then you see the Bible, and uh, then you read through the Bible, and then you start to see. Ask yourself questions. Oh, there must be something, something similar. And for example, they tell we make sacrifices. They tell you, okay, you want your child to be well, bring the goat or bring the cock or bring whatever, and they make the sacrifice. And then here the Bible comes and they say God made a sacrifice with His Son. And then you're like, oh, okay, the same sacrifice. What's the difference here? You, uh, in addition, have uh, a subtitle on this, Modeling the Human Nature in Five Dimensions, a Visual Framework of Theology. Where did the inspiration come to to write this book? Who was your target audience? Who did you think would benefit from your discoveries? The model, I think the model hit my mind sometime in, uh, I'll say sometime in 2010, 2011, and uh, by the time I had the model, then it just looked to me that, oh, Sebastian, you are finally understood what is happening. And the model is really to say that every person has a spirit, you have a heart, you have a soul, you have mind, and you have flesh. I think uh, once I, I was able to separate the human being into those five dimensions, then uh, it became clearer a lot of other things that have been happening from the traditional religion to any religion you have anywhere in the world, to Christian religion, everything kind of falls in place. Even what I refer to as the religion of science, things just fell in place. And um, the, the book really is for, the book really is for anybody who, who, who wants to find out the truth, who wants to know more about the forces of good and evil, somebody who wants to understand nature, somebody who wants to understand how, how religion and science, uh, the, 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 the interference or, or connection between religion and science, the connection between uh, history in the Bible, rituals, if, and contacts. Why do people drink blood? Why do people put things in their body? Why do people wear pedages when they, when they do in whatever uh, rituals or religion they, they go through? The book really is for somebody who wants to understand the, the rituals, religion, and, and what really is, 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 uh, is the way, the way, the way we, 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 we go after death. These are questions that almost every human being all across the world asks, irrespective of, irrespective of faith and gender and, and race. People ask these same questions, these same common questions. And when you understand this thing, you perhaps actually understand life better, and you perhaps actually live a more fulfilled life. You are, you are happier. 
uh, to give our listeners an idea of your uh, dissecting of phrases and uh, sharing the background of what you feel it represents. The Lord's Prayer, a common a common piece of uh, written material from Matthew's Gospels, you have the dimensions that are associated with that. For example, our Father in heaven relates to the Spirit. Hallowed be your name relates to the heart. And your kingdom come relates to the soul. You have taken common passages of Scripture and explained them so that we can have a better idea of the dimensions of our of our heart, soul, and spirit. Would that be a good way to describe what you've done? Yes, yes. Because once the mood, uh, once the mood uh, crystallized in my mind, and I started looking at the Bible with with the perspective from this model, then a lot of things apparently disjointed and scattered, we started to connect. You know, for example, Jesus Christ said, love, you should love your God with all your, with all your soul, with all your heart, with all your mind. And then I'm like, oh, there are three things here that mm-hmm. we're talking about. And then you go to the, you go to the, the Lord's Prayer, it says, Our Father who art in heaven. It's time to teach us how to pray. And then the model is there. If Jesus Christ wasn't just breaking words, he must have been picking me from the model. And when you actually look through the word Lord's Prayer, you see exactly the five models, and that ends the Lord's Prayer. And there are so many other examples like that all over the model, the fact that everything exists in the spirit and in the flesh. You start to see every every single thing existing in the spirit and in the flesh. You look through Revelation as a book, you see things existing in the spirit and in the flesh. And then you see in between, you see the stories of Nebuchadnezzar, for example. The Bible says his heart was changed. And then every other thing followed. He became, he started acting as if he was an animal. Now, you start to see these things are actually connected. And while that model crystallized in my mind, as a matter of fact, it helped me to understand a lot of a lot of things. How Satan operates today, what is happening today, how it is that we even the death of Jesus Christ on the cross, the seven words of Jesus Christ on the cross. You start to see, you start to see the resur- resurrection of Jesus Christ. You start to understand this through this model. And and, and that's where I, 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 I decided, oh my God, this is something I have to really put down and, and, and write, write about. You have an anal- analytical background educationally, and it comes through in your, your writing, too. Very, everything is, uh, I won't say compartmentalized, but it's, it's organized into a, a simple-to-understand uh, approach. How long did it take you to complete your book, Sebastian? Uh, I think I started writing things down by 2012, and uh, that, would be, that would be two years putting things together. Uh, but that's just putting things together, because all this while you actually be thinking about all that, you know, one way or the other, you probably have written something down somewhere to say, oh, this may have been like this. So I would say in collecting the book, it took me about two years to collect it. Very good. Inspire my listeners in a couple of sentences or paragraphs as to why they should get a copy of your book. 
One has ever wondered who created this world? How is it created? How are we in the mess that we are in today? Then you read the book. If you have ever wondered, for example, why was it that Adam ate the fruit? Because Adam had time to think about that fruit before he, he took it from Eve. Why did he eat it? If you have ever wondered about that, then you read the book. If you have ever tried to put yourself in a position to say, yes, David killed Goliath, a small boy, but that wasn't a fair battle. That wasn't a fair battle. Why would it be that David would be able to use a mere stool to kill a man who has been probably tortured and killed and, 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 and battered in battle? It's, and if you try to explain that and put yourself in the position of Goliath's wife, trying to explain it to Goliath's teenage son, without using the word racism, without using the word God, uh, without using the word chosen race, then, then you, you probably will find out that you cannot, you cannot but use these words. And then that's exactly why you need to start to look at the book. If you are actually looking for it, how is it that all religions are connected? What, what is happening? Why, why do we have different religions? And is there a common line across all these religions? Then you start to see why you have to read the book. If you ever imagine why all rituals, whatever rituals they are, there is always a contact, a form of contact, a form of laying of hands, a form of drinking in something into the flesh, a form of uh, tattooing something into the flesh, a form of... Then you need, you need to read the book and understand that this is really the common line. And if you have ever wondered what actually is death, what actually is death, then you need to, you need to start to read this book to understand where, where things all connect together. Because unless you start to see the human being in these five dimensions, and unless you start to see the human being in, in the same world and in the same world, you probably never have an understanding of what is going on. Questions like, how did, when the Bible says before the foundation of the earth, Jesus Christ had already died, the race has already been chosen, when did that happen? which brings us to the illusion of time and choice, and how time and choice is adjusted by, by, by the God level to, to make any person do whatever he wants to do. A very clear, clear case of, of, of that is Jonah in the Bible. The Bible says that Jonah did not want to go, but in the end, Jonah went because the unseen force started to manipulate manipulate the same things. The same thing with Job. The Bible says that Job, Satan was giving permission to, to, to wreak havoc on Job. But suddenly you start to see meteors, you start to see war, you start to see things happening. It is a very good connection between the unseen and the seen. And as a matter of fact, if you are like me who feel that the unseen actually rules the same world that we see today, then you need to read the book. Thank you for sharing the background story of this book. The title is The God-Human Level Hypothesis, an illuminating book by Yeri Sebastian. 
presenting a five-dimensional human being, spirit, heart, soul, might, flesh, living simultaneously in two worlds, disconnected from God and disjointed. It considers Jesus Christ as the connector plug-in to God. Thank you, sir, for joining me today. Where do we get copies of your book, sir? Uh, my book can be found in uh, Otto House website. It can be found in uh, Amazon.com, Amazon.co.uk, pretty much any website, uh, online bookshop. The title again, The God-Human Level Hypothesis. Our author, Sebastian Ieri. Thank you, sir, for joining me today. Thank you very much. I think it's my pleasure. For Author Talk, this is J. Douglas Barker. You're listening to Author Talk. We'll be back right after these messages. Hi, everybody. This is Pete Six of Beatles and Beyond. Why don't we all come together and hear some of the tracks off the latest Beatles release on this radio station. Why don't you look up the schedules on this radio station and join me and Beatles listeners everywhere to hear the latest releases from the Beatles on Beatles and Beyond with Pete Dix. Welcome back to Author Talk, brought to you by Author House helping authors publish, promote, and sell their books around the world. For Author Talk, this is J. Douglas Barker. The title of the book is Mike the Little Bean, I'm Going to Tickle You. And our author, Marie Kiriakou, was born and raised in Athens, Greece, and she's unable to join us this week for our direct interview because of her schedule, so she's asked me to share her story. She graduated from the Drama School of Athens Conservatory and has since then enjoyed a successful career as an actress in cinema, theater, and television. Marie is involved with children's charities, has launched several projects over the years to offer aid to those in need. She created and hosts the daily television program With Love, which airs on Antenna TV. Through this show, she connects charitable organizations with individuals facing serious problems, allowing them to get the help they need in a timely manner. She's created Boxes with Love in order to collect lightly used clothing and other donations that are distributed to children and adults facing difficult economic circumstances in Greece and abroad. She's established Line with Love, a telephone line open to anyone who wishes to make monetary donations to charity. And she's been awarded with several medals and honors for her humanitarian contribution. Among the many accolades is the 2008 Golden European Medal for Volunteering by the European Parliament in Strasbourg and the 2011 Gold Medal for Humanitarianism by the International Austrian Humanitarian Association, an Albert Schweitzer Award. She's honored with the Communications Award of the Volunteering Values of the Ministry of Health and Social Solidarity. The European Council of Young People also credit her as an idol for young people thanks to her social contribution and volunteer initiatives. Marie Kiriakou is constantly inspired by children, and Mike the Little Bean is an extension of her love and dedication toward bringing happiness and smiles to every child. Mike the Little Bean, 
I'm Going to Tickle You, is her first children's book, and it's been presented live on stage in theaters since October 2012. Her imaginative storyline talks about Mike the Little Bean. Mike is a tiny, shiny, and very green little bean. He and his family live in a big field surrounded by many friends, the bright-colored trees, the countless birds, and beautiful butterflies. Even the flowers that bloom in every shade of the rainbow are his friends. Mike is very happy. Then, one day, something happens. Something unusual. Something that changes his life forever. A strong gust of wind sweeps through the field and spins Mike around and round, tearing him away from his beanstalk and sending him flying into the air. The wind is so strong and Mike is so little, it lifts him up, 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 and far away from his home. The wind carries him to many different places and Mike meets many new people. Sometimes he's scared and sometimes he is excited. But one thing is for sure, he always has a smile on his face and hope in his heart as he sets out to make a new life for himself. He never forgets where he came from as he charts a new path for himself and follows his heart. Mike the Little Bean, I'm Going to Tickle You, is a story about love and hope. It's about challenges and adventures, most of all. It's about choosing happiness. Her imaginative storyline talks about Mike the Little Bean. She writes this about her inspiration behind writing Mike the Little Bean. As I mentioned earlier, I wrote this book because my goal is to spread happiness, hope, smiles, and love to every child. Children will laugh and come along for the ride as they read the adventures of my little hero. Moreover, I want children to believe that no matter what challenges they face at the moment, and even if they're too little, like Mike the Little Bean, they too can persevere. My inspiration certainly came from the many children I've met through the years as well as from my family. I came from a very close-knit family, a family full of humor and love, and therefore it's only natural for me to extend that love and laughter to all children everywhere. Listeners, if you're a grandparent or a parent, you will enjoy the adventures of Mike the Little Bean. I'm going to tickle you. Beautifully done, fabulous illustrations, colorful book, one that you all will enjoy as a family. In short, encapsulated form, that's the story of Mike the Little Bean, I'm Going to Tickle You, written by Marie Kriaku, who has been unable to join me from Athens, Greece, but whose talent is expanding around the globe. You can find this book, Mike the Little Bean, I'm Going to Tickle You, at your local retailer and online by doing a search. Amazon.com, Barnes & Noble, and other great retailers will be able to locate this book for you and get it into your hands. You can also do a search under the author's name, Marie Kiriakou, which is spelled K-Y-R-I-A-K-O-U, and find out about her other charitable activities, organizations she's involved in, and any other plays, movies, her latest books, or productions. For Marie Kiriakou, Mike the Little Bean, I'm going to tickle you. And for Author Talk, this is Jay Douglas Barker. You're listening to Author Talk. We'll be back right after these messages. Homeschooling? Half questions? Get your pen and paper ready. It's the sociable homeschooler, Vivian McNinney. Fridays at 5, 4 Central on toginet.com. After a handsome blue-eyed Texan fell in love with Vivian at the Victoria Station in London, she found herself at DFW Airport with a tiny suitcase and a snazzy little duffel bag. Well, 25 years later, she is now happily married to that blue-eyed cowboy. They have four grown children ages 24 to 18 who became willing guinea pigs when she unwittingly stumbled upon the world of homeschooling. 
Wildflower Academy flourished for 15 years. They survived and thrived, and you can too. Vivian will be covering a wide range of issues that face homeschoolers. What do you do with kids in the summer? How to set up your one-room schoolhouse? How obedience is paramount? And what to do with those snakes? Plus, she'll be sharing ideas and insights that she gleaned from other homeschoolers. So join us for an engaging hour with a sociable homeschooler, Vivian McNinney. Friday afternoons at 5, 4 Central on Toginet.com. Welcome back to Author Talk, brought to you by Author House, helping authors publish, promote, and sell their books around the world. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Author House line today as we continue our discussions with authors here on the Author House line. And joining us today is Philomena Nawuda Weifel. She is the author of Life Through the Mirror experience. Before we start, I just want to read one thing that Philomena told us. She said, I need to touch the lives of those like me, rejected, abandoned, abused, but not forgotten because they were able to rise from the ashes, much like Philomena. Thanks for being with us today, Philomena. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me too. So this is a a really interesting concept that you've done. You've taken your book uh, and you've kind of divided your life up into poems explain how you kind of how that kind of got started well uh like you rightly said it's my experience in life and uh, i felt it is important for people to understand that there is nobody out there that is not important we all came to life and we are all useful to one another what you see in that book is uh, basically what I went through in life. And I believe there are people out there like me who are rejected, scorned, abandoned, and ignored. Nobody should be ignored. No matter your condition or situation, you are still somebody important. So basically, it's a voice for the voiceless, for people like me, rising from the ashes of rejection to become something in life. So you were originally from you're living in the united states now but you're originally from nigeria and you were telling me that you actually started putting uh pen to paper i think as you put it or you began to write these stories when you were what 14 years old that's correct i i i basically i'm from a very large family i have uh, siblings brothers and sisters we have 10 kids and children from one mom and one dad but i was lonely in the midst of plenty because I'm the second daughter and the middle child, but I was never given the chance to talk or to listen to. Listen to. From those who gave that to me, I feel I was rejected by them. Growing up again, coming, uh, understanding what life is, making friends, meeting people, it's still the same story. So I'm like, what's going on here? People should listen because I knew what I felt and what I went through. Even if nobody saw it in me, nobody wants to see it in me, let me use that word, but it was not a pleasant experience for me. So the only way I could express myself was writing. I developed a strategy to survive by talking to myself through pen, ink, and paper. I built my own words. The kind of life I want to live, I couldn't get here. I was living it through pen, ink, and paper. That's what you see in that book. They all came back to one thing, which is life through the mirror. You know, telling a story of strife, struggle, survival, in the midst of all. I came out a better person. So I think it's a voice for people out there like me to be heard and to be listened to and to be loved and cared for, no matter what or who you are or where you come from. So were some of these 
poems. Philomena, did you actually write some of these when you were 14, or did you just start to journal then and write the poems later, or did you write po poetry as a yeah, young teenager? Yeah, it, it's, uh, it's a combination, right, from the age of 14, as far as I know, sitting in that single room apartment with everybody crowded there. You know, I just sit down and put something down, what I felt, what I was saying, what was going on. You know, I was just talking to myself, and they all came back to that book you see there today. So it's, it started from time. Today I'm 44. I started at 14. So you can imagine, I didn't let any piece of it get out of my hand. I had to put them together to become what you have there. You know, I wasn't talking in full because I don't want people to understand basically what I was going through then. But I felt this voice could be heard now, and this is the time for this to come out there to help others in similar situation and circumstance like me. What what is life difficult, Philomena, for a, a child growing up in Nigeria? I'm hearing your, oh, so, yes, a lot of yes, pain coming, yes. coming through the You don't need line. to ask me twice. Mm -hmm. If you know what's going on back in my country, you know, we, the culture is quite different from what you have here. Back there, when your mom, your dad, your siblings are talking, they're older than you, you don't talk. You have no voice. You have no say. You understand? Whatever they say goes. Even if you know what, sometimes most of these things are not always right. They are not always correct. But, you know, for a child growing up in Nigeria then, for me, it was not easy. And even now, it's not easy for especially the girl child. You know, I was privileged enough. I was lucky, I would say. My parents sent me to school. I was lucky. I count that as a privilege because it's not an easy thing to grow up back there. So if you struggle to become somebody coming out from a third world nation like Nigeria, my country, it's a great country, it's a beautiful country, but there are still certain things that need to change concerning the basic concepts of the girl child. Hmm. That's just the truth. Yeah. So it, it sounds like there's a lot of pain in some of these stories. How difficult was it, especially as you became a... a, a a woman of age, uh, you got into your 20s and 30s, and now you're into your 40s, to look back at some of the things you wrote when you were a young teenager. How difficult was that for you? Yeah, that's a very important question. Like I said before, and I'm saying it again, it has never been easy for me in my life. You know, I, I never had the guidance of those who gave that to me to put me through in life. I, I grew up, went out there to struggle on my own to find the meaning of my existence in life. And writing that book is my voice, voice for others like me, giving meaning to my life, telling them that I am somebody, no matter my sex, no matter my, my, my origin, my tribe or whatever, I am a voice to be heard, I am somebody to be looked up to, I am somebody to listen to. You know? So it's hmm. it's like getting my freedom to express myself at last, letting the world know that there are people like me who still need their voice to be heard, right from our homes, right from our families, from wherever we are, nobody should be ignored or looked down upon, no matter who you are, where you come from, that's what I believe in. Now, you, part of, I, I believe part of your story, I know that it's a lot about this idea of expression but also it's not it's not all it's not all pain i understand that part of the book you talk about your sons tell us about them oh yes i made mistakes but i am out of the disgrace of my life 
became the grace. I found grace in the disgrace of my life. I will put it that way. You know, I was never loved by those who gave back to me. I was never accepted by the tree where I descended from. I went into the world inexperienced, unguided, not knowing what to expect or what to face. I met betrayer in the hands of, you know, men, the opposite sex. Mm -hmm. In that process, I had my two sons, you know, but they are the best and the greatest gift God has ever given me in my life, making another human being. And alone, by His grace, I was able to survive it. Before I met the wonderful husband I married, Yekini Waifo, to him I'm, I'm extremely grateful. He was the person who accepted me for who I am, saw what others could not see in me, believed in me, accepted me and these great boys. So, I mean... I am just a privileged person. I am just lucky to be where I am today and to have these two beautiful boys God has given me out of my pain and disgrace of my life came the grace of my life. So you're married now. You're living in the United States. Obviously, you have been able to achieve uh, despite some of the circumstances of your youth. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's why I feel I should put that book out there People should buy it and see that you are not alone, that you can come out of it. You could rise out of that pain. You know, you could come out and become somebody. Let the world understand that. Even if those who gave back to you or the family you descended from don't appreciate or accept you for being somebody that should be reckoned with or respected or loved, you can still find joy and love, peace out there by doing something right to touch life positively. That book is meant for people that are like me out there. They should buy. People should buy and see what life is. It, it has different aspects of life. It's not only about rejection or whatever. It has a story of strife, struggle, survival, a story of strength, independence, freedom. People should buy and see. I can't talk about it all here now because the <laughs> yeah. time is not there, but it's an interesting piece of work. Uh, can... It's a true life story. It's real. There's, there's a story behind each poem in that book. It's like, I don't know how to explain it, but it's a fantastic work of art. Yeah, I can, True life story. Yeah, I can People tell, should go out there and buy it. I can tell you're very, very passionate about it, as you should be. Uh, did, when, you, when you put together these poems and you started building this collection of poetry, a uh, life story through poetry in your book, did you have any one person in mind or any specific group of people that you thought, this is who I'm putting this together for? It's, it's very funny if I tell you. Do you know, back in my country when I was writing, they thought I was crazy. <laughs> you know, my parents look at me when I sit in the corner. I don't eat my food. I just sit down and talk because I was trying to show them that I wasn't happy with what I was seeing. And when I sit down there and write, they say, what's wrong with her? She must be crazy. She's, she's you know, they think I'm mad because <laughs> when they talk to me, I don't respond. I just write it in pen, ink, and paper. You know, I re reply by writing in my book. And they're like, she's the weird type. She's crazy. She's, she needs help. But the truth is, I was trying to let them know I have a voice too. I have a voice by writing. I mean, I could write the book, pen, ink, and paper. They will listen to me. They will hush me down. They, at least because they have no control of themselves. I control the pen. I control the ink and the paper. You understand? Mm -hmm. So it's, it's an amazing story. An amazing story that took me this far. So it's, it's a fantastic Work. People should read it and know what I'm talking about. 
Again, the name of the book is Life Through the Mirror Experience. Philomeno Nawuda Waiful is the author. She's joined us today on the Author House uh, publishing line. Tell us a little bit, Philomeno, where can folks find your book and more about your story? Yeah, you, you could, they, they could buy it from Author House directly from Author House. You could place your order to Author House, go to Benz & Noble. You could buy it through Amazon and some major bookstores, you know, I think they should be in. The, uh, but the basic thing is you can get it from Auto House, Amazon, order from Amazon, and the Baines & Noble. So tell us, is this your one and only book, or do you have plans to write more? As a matter of fact, I'm working on my next book. It's a novel. It's uh, titled A Walk Down That Road. And uh, it's so far I have about 38,865 words. I'm still working mm. on it. This is a novel complete package oh, so, so this is this is a story a not a book of poetry then <laughs> no it's just a novel it's a uh-huh. story it's a novel you know true life story part of it true others are fictional you know just to make it up but it's a fantastic book too mm-hmm. called they should look out for it a walk down that road mm-hmm. we've all gone through one road or the other in our lives so this is titled a walk down that road all right, it well, depends then. on the road you've gone through so it's coming out soon All right, that sounds great. The book we're talking about today, though, is Life Through the Mirror Experience. Philomeno, Nawada Waffle. Uh, I, yeah, Wodo Waifu, yes. There you Philomena go. <laughs> Thank you with with, uh, with <laughs> the welcome. help there, Philomena. And uh, again, it's with Author House. You can find the book through the Author House uh, website, also uh, Barnes & Noble and Amazon.com for sure. Philomena, thank you so much for sharing your story with us today. Thank you for having me too.